Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology from 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPRN discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Into the Night with Sean Kelly. Uh, how is everybody today? Um, everything's going, seems to be great. I'm so excited about tonight because um, two weeks ago, we had my friend Phil Syracuse on, and he was talking about his haunted house um, that he had. And uh, I, I'm just really looking forward to the second part of the show. The reason being is... Because he talked about the little girl, Sarah. So it's like, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I am on UPRN Talk Radio 105.3, uh, New Orleans 107.7, Mississippi. You can catch me on Roku Live. You can also get me on the Pittsburgh Paranormal Society Facebook page um, and all other kind of places. Hey, Cindy Mitch, good to see you. Thank you for stopping in. Um, I, I, I just want to uh, just keep saying, I'll say this until Christmas Eve, but Christmas Eve, I will definitely have um, a Christmas Eve show. Um, so if you're not doing nothing, just stop on by and, and, and enjoy, you know, we'll just talk Christmas. You know, we'll just talk about different people's Christmases and stuff like that. And um, and we'll, we can go from there. But, you know, the last time we were here with Phil, Hey, Sebastian, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for stopping in. Um, last time we were here with Phil, there was uh, StreamYard was like all crazy and stuff like that. So we only got to talk 40 minutes. But if you do remember, okay, when he talked about it, thank you, Cindy. I appreciate that. If you remember, he talked about this little spirit named Sarah. Well, tonight, he's going to definitely be talking about Sarah. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest tonight, Philip Saracusa. Hey, good evening. Good evening, Phil. Hey, thank you for having me on again. Yes, yes, yes. Really looking forward to uh, hearing the second part. Uh, for the people who didn't um, get a chance to listen to the first show, 
can you just give like a little five minute recap on, on what was going on? My name is Philip Syracuse. I'm the author, homeowner, and radio host of the Horsefly Chronicles Network. It all started um, when we bought this house back in 2010, when apparitions would start to appear out of nowhere. So my encounter with the other side has been intriguing, mysterious, and also at times very scary for myself and my family. Um, I have a legacy of, I guess, an attachment by the name of Sarah. And through my, the course of the last seven to 10 years, I've had over 52 paranormal teams come to the Haunted Horsefly Chronicles home in Eastern Pennsylvania to investigate, document, and validate what we are experiencing here. Uh, there still leaves more questions than answers. So I do these interviews and these podcasts to tell people and show that we're not alone and that ghosts are real and do exist. And I try to debunk every facet of a ghost, but unfortunately it is what it is. But the good news is, is that we go on after this journey in the physical shell. Um, and I teach people that you may be encountering something that could be friendly. Not all hauntings are scary. Um, some can have a mixture. It's like an open doorway to another side. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a recap really quick. And one of the main focal points of this haunting that is documented throughout books and different series is a girl named Sarah, who plays the innocence of a young girl who showed herself way back in the 90s through an apparition with the white dress, black hair, dark eyes, high cheekbones, and no older than 9 to 11, 13, around that age. But back in the 1800s, she looked like she, she was dressed. So as we continue the, the show tonight, I'm going to actually explain where we believe she came from and who we think she is. Cool. Awesome. That's great. Uh, before we go on into talking about Sarah, I want to say hi to Casey. Hey, Virginia, it is so good to see you here. And everybody else, or anybody else that's in the room or listening to the chat, um, thank you for coming on. So you were talking about the little girl, Sarah, um, the way she was uh, dressed and stuff like that. Um, tell us more about her, please. So the backstory and history of this young girl is... Uh, back in the 70s, my father bought um, a large amount of land upstate New York. Now, back in the 70s, when you bought land, um, I'm not sure how it is today, but there was a cemetery on the land, a lake, beautiful property, over 300 acres. The, the cemetery was dated way back to the 1800s. So we loved it up there. It was a beautiful, but he had a vacation home built and it was beautiful getaway up in um, New Paltz, New York. Mm -hmm. In 1977, we had a family gathering of cousins and relatives and friends. And I was 10 years old at the time. So my older brother took us all for a walk around the lake to the cemetery. And we're, there was about I would say 20 of us, you know, just young. And back in the 70s, life was different, more relaxed and peaceful. And 
you know, he was just doing a show and tell of the, the gravestones and reading the names on them and paying our respects. But then he started to joke around. And what we didn't know was that he had a shovel on him that he hid behind a tree in the cemetery. So picture a beautiful summer day and he starts digging this one person up that had a huge headstone. So he had to be somebody known dated way back into the day, like, you know, early 1800s. And as he's digging, just joking around and we're all getting scared, right? The beautiful sky went from gray to lightning to thunder. Well, oh, wow. I can tell you, that, you know, we all started running. I'm only 10 years old and we're all running back to the cabin. Um, and it was a far run because the cabin was nowhere near that cemetery. And my father kept yelling, my, my brother, um, cover that thing back up now, cover it up, you know. So my brother goes back there and covers it up and all of a sudden it gets beautiful out again. Now, this story went all over Staten Island, New York. This is a known story. You know, we could say, well, there's coincidences, but in paranormal, I don't believe in coincidences. Right. It just so happens that years later, in 1993, um, I was living at my mom's house, and um, I had made plans with my younger sister, my cousin, and uh, a couple other people to go back to that grave. But you see, I didn't feel like me at the time. You know, back from the previous show that I've done with you, this is the time when I was doing rituals and um, I was being drawn into that world of darkness. And I just felt this evilness inside of me, but yet this empowerment. So we made plans to go up to the cabin and I told my cousin, I want to dig up the grave, but I want to go all the way into that casket. And now I don't know why I'm doing this. So, again, this is not good. Um, I don't know. what It's kind of like I'm being channeled to do this crazy thing. So it was about four of us, and we walk over to the cemetery. My older brother, who dug up the grave back in the 70s, is sleeping in the cabin because he would forbid it. We get to the grave, and me and my cousin start digging. And again, this is not good, right? We know no, this. No, but, not at all. <laughs> but when you when this thing is pulling you into a channel, it, it, it's kind of like, what are you at? You know, you don't really know what's happening to you. It's kind of like a, an oppression right before a possession, right before. And we're digging up, and then my sister and her friend on another stone are doing the Ouija board. Oh, wow. And I came up with this crazy idea of doing this. Well, what was happening was this. Let me tell you and everyone else that the dead do listen, and the dead can't come after you. All of a sudden, these mosquitoes that are weird looking, I've never seen these things before, ever. As we're about two feet into the grave, these mosquitoes are coming up that they don't even look right. And they're attacking us and biting us. And on the Ouija board, comes a girl named Sarah. And Sarah is threatening all of us. And I didn't care. My cousin didn't care. None of us cared about the threats were coming through because the planquette was moving so fast that they were at one point, they felt like they weren't even 
uh, working this thing, the Ouija board. And um, we were about four, five feet down now into the grave. And we hit the top of a wooden casket, an old wood. It was wood back then, you know. And um, I remember prying it open with the the shovel and the smell once it was about a half inch open the smell that came out of there was unbearable it was unbearable and i i was mad and i was i was in this rage of a person and my cousin was in this rage and i said we're opening it up and and i don't know why now again why am i doing this you know and now i'm prying it open we were both in the ground we're prying it open and we pop it open and the top snaps because it's old wood you know you got to figure back from the 1800s this thing was sealed so you can just imagine the aroma and whatever's in it and what we we seen at first was cloth wrapped around the bones because i guess the cloth from the lining settled in and wrapped around the bones of this guy you know and i had it out for this particular guy and i don't know why and she's being threatened on the Ouija board and we're in there now. And I'm saying to myself, now what, what's the next step here? And this, you know, now that we have the casket open, um, there's some things I will not say on air, unfortunately, but it turns out, I can't say what was removed from that particular casket, but and I won't. But then we we walk ourselves onto the ground, out of the dirt, and all of a sudden I'm coming back to me now, to Philip, and I'm saying, "Why am I doing this? What's wrong with me?" Now, across the lake in the cabin, my older brother, who dug up the grave in the '70s, is screaming out the window, "Get out of the cemetery! Get out of the cemetery!" So I says to my sister, I don't know why I'm about to do this, but give me that board. And I take the Ouija board and I bury it in the casket and we cover it back up with the sky. Okay. Now we're all going back to um, around the lake and we're being circled by a horsefly counterclockwise. This thing is diving at all of us. It's a huge horsefly circling us and back then you know we're thinking it's a coincidence and all that and i'm trying we're trying to like hit it with the shovel and we go back into the cabin and i go upstairs into the room to go see my brother but he's sleeping he was never up he was what i'm sorry what happened? he was never up oh okay I'll stop there to see if you have any questions. Any questions out there for anybody that wants to ask uh, Phil? No, I, I'm finding it interesting. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if I say you're crazy for digging up a grave or uh, kudos for doing it. You know what I mean? But, um, but I know the deal with the mosquitoes are interesting. Okay. Uh, we talked about lightning bugs, I think, of. I forget when we talked about it, but I know um, they're not bad like mosquitoes, but um, 
All I know is that when we were in Gettysburg filming Raw Fear, um, we it was in April, dude, and it was like no, wasn't the season for lightning bugs. You know what I mean? But whenever we were in the peach orchard, we had like 20 of them follow us everywhere. I mean, from the peach orchard to the wheat field to Little Round Top, you know what I mean? So I, I understand. Uh, but I do want to ask you one more question about that. When you were digging this and everything, digging up that grave and everything was happening, was it real quiet? No, quiet. no birds, no crickets, nothing like that. No. Mosquitoes, yes. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it looks, well, let me see. Tony says, we got chased out by mosquitoes and uh, grasshoppers. Tony did, you know, somewhere down in Texas, he did. Um, he says, we got chased out by mosquitoes and grasshoppers. That's interesting about grasshoppers, right? Oh, you know, yeah. They're, they're kind of creepy animals, you know what I mean? And I hate it when they jump on your ass. You know, you're walking around, or you're sitting, and all of a sudden, boom, you got this cricket or grasshopper just jumping on you. Same thing with praying mantises, too, man. <laughs> they jump on me. I'm like, wow. Now, they scared the crap out of me, dude. You know what I mean? Um, what are they, praying mantises? But please continue, sir. Please continue. So, again, my brother was sleeping, and... um we just rolled the weekend out. We had fun and we put it behind us. And I, I felt like I was me again. But you see, what was happening was I was pulled into this um, darkness to do this type of thing, you know, that I, I would say is pretty crazy, sick. And I remember going back to New York to Staten Island a couple of days later. And um, I, I says, um, show me what you look like. Are you evil? Are you the devil? Show me what you look like. Um, I was just kept saying it. And I wake up around two, three in the morning, looking in the mirror at myself. And I'm just looking at myself as if I was sleepwalking, thinking I'm the evil one. Mm -hmm. From that point on, I was on a mission to see why I was so drawn to this particular grave. Again, I don't believe in coincidences. No, me neither. I believe that for some strange reason, and why would I want to bury a Ouija board with this man, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, again, Sarah was the person that was threatening us but Sarah was John's mother oh wow. who we <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> no wonder she'd be pissed <laughs> you know what I mean oh wow excuse my language now as years went on I've been haunted by Sarah and she shows herself back in the 1800s with that white dress and that dark hair, but she shows herself very young, okay? Mm -hmm. And as she's doing this, um, she's acting as a protector to build my um, 
a part of me that's not afraid of her. Um, Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Having. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. my trust. Remember I said that in the last show, I was in a nightclub, I was pushed in the back, I spilled the drink on this girl, but when I was pushed in the back, Sarah, the young girl's voice says, that's her, and that's my wife today. Wow. So this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, she, is Julia on the same level as you? Um, what do you mean, level? I, I mean, like communicating with the spirits. I mean, do you? She wait, tries to block it out. Okay, but at the time that you spilt the drink on her, did you kind of know? Oh, I didn't know the girl. I, I just met her. You just met her? Huh. That's interesting. Well, you see, Sarah knew everything already. Sarah was already planning everything. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Well, that's one good thing Sarah did for you. Got a beautiful well, she, well yes, yes. Um, what these p entities will do is build trust with you before they come after you. Okay. Now, through documentation and research, I had people investigate this guy that we dug up. And here's the ironic part of this whole experience. And this is also in that book I was talking about, The Family Cabin on Barnes and Nobles. In the obituaries, here's the way it lays out. In the obituaries, the man's name we dug up was John Rose. His mother, Sarah Rose. His father was also a John. His siblings, Philip Rose. Oh, wow. Julia Rose. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, real quick before I'm going to let everybody, let that sink into everybody out there who's listening to this tonight. That's wow. Um, I do want to make a short commercial. Uh, I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring uh, Into the Night. Um, I truly appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Carnation. Go ahead, Phil. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Huh. I, I don't know what to say, dude. I, I don't I don't know what to say. 
You, I didn't know at, at first either when I'm looking at this obituary back to the 1800s and my wife's name, you know, the way it's spelled J-U-L-I-A. Now we're, we're going back how many years and we're all in the obituaries. Yeah. And we're part of this family. Mm -hmm. And then I say to myself as I'm, as time is going on and I'm, I'm having psychics do readings for me of why I did this, that I'm part of the family? Is it possible that me and my wife are part of the family and the mother, Sarah, wanted to reunite the children, but in a different way? And I meet Julia in 1999, and I pushed in the back, and Sarah said, that's her? Is it just possible that that was me? And that was my wife. And John was my brother. That's very possible. Um, yeah, could be because think about it. How about people who like it when they die, they want to be reincarnated again. Do you know what I mean? So maybe all John and Phil and Julia um, are reincarnated. You know what I mean? Maybe. Wow, this is this is an awesome, this is awesome, crazy dude. I, and this is all documented. We have like in the book, we have the obituaries, we have the stone, we have everything documented. There was researchers right. doing the homework for this for a long time, and I've went mm -hmm. to different people to channel and see what's going on, why, and they felt like I was brought back to that grave. I mean, it all happened for a reason. Going back to the seventies when my brother dug it up. My father buying this particular land. Um, we were drawn to this. And ironically, I find that me and my wife, our names are there on the obituary, we're married. And the psychics used to tell me uh, that I would go to back in 1999, I would do my own visitations with psychics and they would tell me that the children want to be born. But I was just, Julie was just my girlfriend. And um, is it possible that Sarah knew all this already? Oh, yeah, no yeah. doubt, dude. No doubt. I believe that 100%. 100%. Yeah. That, that, that's now when, when the people were doing the research, uh, did they come across any pictures of these people? We have the pictures in the book of Philip Rose. Julia Rose, Sarah Rose, John Rose. It's been a legacy of communication. And I think that they want, from what I've been told, is that they wanted the board to open the door and the channel through the other side. Okay. Now, now what's more right. interesting, on top of all of this, is I live out in eastern Pennsylvania, and through the documentation, the Rose family was originally in Clinton, New Jersey, which is 20 minutes from here. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh man, I'd be, I'd be honestly, yeah, Phil, I, I'd be, I'd be going nuts, dude. Honestly, for something like that. I would be. God bless you, dude, for you and Julia for going through all that. You know what I mean? Oh, I, and also, when you got the pictures of Julia uh, 
Rose and and Phil. Did they similarly look like you guys? Well, we're going back way back into their day, how they were dressed. And um, Philip Rose, he died in his 70s. Um, I mean, he don't look like, obviously, like me now, but, you know, um, I, I find a common ground with this man, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I find a common ground with that whole family. And, and I and like I said, I've been to different people to do two readings for me and see why I'm connected to that grave so much to do such crazy things, only to find my own name there and my wife's name. And Sarah introduced us, if you really want to think about it, and it's crazy as it sounds. If it wasn't for Sarah, I would have not met my wife. No, it's not crazy at all. Not at all, dude. I believe it. I really do believe it. And I've been in the business for a very long time. And I know how spirits can manipulate or try to um, push you to go to a certain direction. You know what I mean? Like, okay, um, I'm here, Sean, and over there, there's a person that you want to talk to. And over there, it's just like I go talk to the women and it's like, it's like we knew each other. You know what I mean, dude? It was like um, I knew her, and I never met her before. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Sarah, you know what's interesting is that she acts as a protector because she would tell me things before they would happen, but yet she would be a threatener to people to come and investigate the home that we live in. And... You know, we like I said, we've had so many paranormal teams here, and we even had NESPR here who, you know, said with well, Sarah's the devil. Uh, Sarah's not Sarah. Right. Um, or is something taking her over in the basement of this home? And it's kind of like the movie The Conjuring, mm-hmm. where it wasn't up until Ed and Lorraine Warren and the movie were on the train only to realize that the recording was the man needed help, but the demon was masking that. And, and they had to turn around and realize that this was a setup and the demon was really covering that man's voice. And I kind of look at Sarah and when they identify Sarah as an evil entity, is she or is she the protector? But she's being masked by another presence in the home. And you never got an answer on that? There really is no answer. It goes up to, after having 52 teams here, it goes up to what you believe after a while. I mean, it's what you believe. Now, with Sarah, right, I, you know, I can see how. If she is Sarah, I'm just saying, I'm just, I believe it is Sarah, but I can understand that she was a very protective woman. And the reason why you had all those teams in there investigating, I guess she did not want them to pry into her family's life. You know what I mean? We had the teams investigate here because we weren't sure some of the right. things that would happen here were malevolent. 
Right. But, but I don't think it was hung because through some of the recordings that we did get from paranormal teams, there's a young girl who identifies herself as Sarah, but she's also says at times she has to go because the bad man is coming. The bad man is coming. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know who this bad man is. I mean, again, it's up to theories, right? If you follow religion, it's up to a theory of these are evil entities or it's a, a man that was in the physical realm that threatened Sarah back in her day. Um, I don't have any answers for that. I don't think anyone does because there is no expert. But what I do know is this. What I do know is that there are no coincidences and we were drawn to the grave for a reason. There's an open channel with the Rose family, my wife and I, and how we met and why the grave was dug up. And to this day, there is that open channel. Okay. Now, um, your cousins that were there helping you dig uh, the grave, um, did anything ever happen to them? If you can't, if you can't, if you can't say anything, that's okay, dude. Well, no, um, I'm trying to think how I would put that. Yeah, um, the one that was in the grave with me took his life. Oh, okay. My condolences. Um, I don't have all these answers, you know. Mm-hmm. Of again, I don't. There's no coincidences, but I don't know why. You know, that could be a number of reasons, or it could be the threats from the grave. I honestly don't know. Okay. Why? But um, mysterious things have happened, yes. Okay. Wow, that that this is a crazy story, dude. And and I you don't know how much I appreciate you sharing this with my people out here listening to the show and the people in the chat rooms. Um so to your house now. Um do you think what in your heart, in your in your heart, who do you think are the evil entities? Who who do you think in your heart? Like who's the first thing that comes into your mind that you know what I mean, without no doubt, um, is actually doing all the negativity in your house? I don't know. I truthfully don't no okay um there's one male presence that they all the psychics pick up the investigators and he calls himself chief um he seems to be like a commander to all the minions of the lowest spirits i i feel like and he's the one who controls everything in the home and and i kind of if i had to really like put my gun into it i think this was a native american man who was part of this might have been his land, you know, between the Forks right. and Delaware River. And this land was claimed by him. But, you know, it always leaves questions, well, how does my haunting of Sarah work its way into this? Back in 2009, before we moved into the home, life was perfect. As I said on the last show, life was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this home that is a magnifier to the spirits. And were there there any Indian burial grounds around your area? Yes. 
Ah, okay, okay. So you know automatically right there uh, the energy um, that the spirits feed off, of, that just takes it up to 10 yes. times more. You know what I mean? And the yeah. land between this, between here and the river is on a ley line. Oh, my God, dude. You're just like the perfect storm. You know what I mean? Everything just... Please tell me you don't have power lines that are running across your house, is there? No, over here it's underground. Oh, okay. Okay. There's a question for that, Phil. Do you, you know how you say when houses are like, you know, have them power lines over, over the house? Do you think if they're underground, do you think that could have some effect on some of the energies that surround that the spirits can feed off of? Most definitely. Okay. Okay. Wow. Most definitely, I believe that in, in this home, um, there's multiple, there's different things. And again, you rack your brain and say, I don't know. You just you shrug after a while and say, I don't know what I'm dealing with. Right. You know, but a lot of it, look, if you came here, right, and you came in my basement and you came just to investigate, but nothing more, no provoking and Maybe you see a couple shadows and hear a couple of whispers. Mm -hmm. And here's what's interesting about this whole thing. You come here provoking. No such thing. Come on, spirits, come out. Right. And you have your cameras and your recorders facing the back wall of this basement. Mm -hmm. You're going to see these misty, snaky things going up and down. It's weird. It's really weird. You think it's the bulb starting to flicker? It's like these weird snaky things that like they shift in, in their shapes. Then right. you're gonna the battery's gonna go dead in your equipment, and then you're gonna feel about five minutes later, you're gonna feel tired and drained. And then you have equilibrium bounce goes off. And these are all the things that start to happen. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a trigger device for the unknown. Um, I speak about this because we talk about the shadow people and these shadow figures. Are they malevolent? Are they good? Are they just spirits? I know that they're very intelligent. I know that they're based upon what we do in reaction to them. Mm -hmm. And I also know that we can provoke them and then they can come back and do things. And I've seen this happen. Um, again, I, there's no expert. I don't have all these answers. I don't, there's a lot of things I just don't understand. Right. And a lot of people having so many teams here now from around the world. Um, a lot of these people just leave here clueless and like, we don't understand it. And if they provoke, they're attacked. If they don't provoke, then nothing happens. That, that, well, you know what? It personally, I think it's the teams, the team that goes in there, how they, like you just said, how they react, you know? Um, I've been on many investigations to where we didn't get crap all night long. You know what I mean? But there were some investigations that we did, but Case Kason, hey Kason, good to see you. Um, Kason wants uh, Kason or Kason. Uh, he would like to know: Were there any Indian battles in your area? Yes, the Iroquois Indians lost the battle here uh, between Forks and Delaware River and this section of eastern Pennsylvania. So there was a lot of bloodshed. Yes. Well, from what I understand, weren't the Iroquois kind of like a peaceful Indian? Yeah. They lost the treaty. 
Okay, and then they now, got when you married. go to the Hall over here, you see the chief. There's a picture of the chief. There's a picture of some of the young ones. Um, this was, you know, Sullivan Trail. Sullivan's is the name after the chief. Okay. A lot of the streets around here are named after those Indians. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I just want to give a shout out um, to Kelly. Thank you for coming in, Kelly. Good to see you. Um, no break. Oh, I got I got a, a message from somebody that's listening, and I'm and uh, they're saying, "Are you going to go take a break?" I said, "No, not tonight." <laughs> this is this is this is this is this is great you know to be honest with you phil i am like totally lost for words when i'm hearing this story it is so fascinating but i feel like it, it's not scary do you know what i mean it's not you know what you would see on a movie or something like that yeah yeah this is not um a poltergeist mm-hmm it's not one of those movies where things are going to fly and the pitches and the walls bleed. That doesn't happen, no. But, yeah. but if you were to stay in the basement alone at night and you thought nothing, nothing would happen. If you think and talk or try to even think about using a Ouija board down this basement or things to that nature, all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. and, and and I've seen people like, you know, I said in the last show, I've seen people leave here and get into car accidents. I, I've seen really bad things happen. And there are no coincidences in that. You know, you have to be careful and delicate with the words that you use. This is one of those homes where I feel like it has an ego. The main spirit here has an ego. And it's like, well, if you don't believe me, let me show you what I could do to you. Okay, I can I can understand that. Yes, absolutely. Have you made peace with the spirit? Did you sit we down tried. and we, we tried. Make a deal with them? Yeah, we tried making an offering. It's not so much that myself and my family are attacked anymore in a way of um, oppression. Back years ago, for example, my youngest son was slapped in his face mm -hmm. in his own bedroom, but then he didn't want to sleep in the room anymore. He was slapped. He was only like five or six years old. Right. Um, Many, many of people, many of people have been scratched. And you see the scratches actually happening. Oh, wow. It, you actually see the scratches, and they're deep in, in the basement. Um, but a lot of that subsided. A lot of that stuff, I think it became to uh, a common agreement somehow that we're not here to provoke you or I'm not here to try to remove you anymore because I already know what happened when we did that. And it was ugly. We had a ministry at the home and, and that turned ugly. Ugly. Oh would you like wow. would you like would you like to share about that? It was to, the summer of 2015. 
a ministry of seven people. The ministry was divided into Wiccan, Shaman, Reverend, uh, High Priestess. It was a form of different types of religions, personalities, and beliefs. And they did everything. It was a beautiful Saturday morning. They did everything from the the salt. They, I mean, I don't know about this stuff. So this is what they, you know, their practice was. And and actually, um, Bill Freeman, but he's no longer alive. He was here too. Bill Freeman. Um, they've done the salts and the and the prayers and and the shaman speaking prayers and all these different types of things in the home. Mm-hmm. And I felt myself get mad. So they were holding me down. And they were holding me down and they're throwing water, holy water at me and all this stuff. And they're reading all these different. And I felt this thing from inside of me, inside of my gut, trying to raise up. Like I was having this unbearable strength come. And um, the lights were flickering and I felt rage evil i didn't feel like me i felt like the person that was digging up that grave mm-hmm. it's kind of like that person came back and then all of a sudden the ministries of they're fighting with each other they're arguing and it turned out to be so ugly and then one of them had a new car they're pulling away and they get stuck up the block the car just dies new car this is a brand new car the other one about a mile away hits a, a deer um Two months later, that entire ministry broke apart into wow. a fashion of they, the whole ministry fell apart. You know, look, I could debunk as much as I could debunk, and I could say that things happen, um, but I will say that if you go after evil and you know something has an evil presence or a home or a, a person's attachment, and you think... When you walk away, it's over. I promise you. It isn't. You are so wrong. The devil does not wear a watch. We do. He'll get you at any time, anywhere, and no matter what age you are. And once you've put yourself into that realm of, I'm going to remove you from a certain location, you better make sure you know what you're doing, right? And these guys really did know what they were doing, I believe. They did know it. They had it down pat. I was impressed when I first seen them come in. I mean, they went to every glass fixture at a home and, and did the um, the sign of the cross with the holy water, and they made the markings on every piece of crystal, every mirror, every um, every reflection that were coming through the sunlight with the crosses. And this thing knew, and this thing retaliated. Now, mm-hmm. here's what happened, and that this to this day still scares me. When the ministry left, that was a Saturday. Sunday came around. The home was peaceful. Peaceful. But I wasn't scared about that. My kids are playing in the living room. This is 2015. My wife and I have tears in our eyes. It's over. We won the battle. Right. Perfect Sunday. Monday comes around. I had to go into the basement because I have an office in the basement. And I go down the basement, it's about nine o'clock at night, and a toy goes off on the ground by itself. So I thought maybe I kicked it, right? And, and I turn around and I look at the toy and it's going on and off again by itself. And at the same exact time, my wife and children are screaming on the third floor that the lights are flickering. 
And at the same exact time, the toy is now going on and off again. Mm. I have this documented, by the way, I, I, I put it on YouTube because I got the cell phone camera. And um, it, it was telling us, you You're lost. <laughs> you lost. But you know as well as I do uh, when investigating, you know, to me, you know, holy water, oil, salt, whatever. It's just a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? It might give you a day, maybe two days of peace. But what happens, Phil, is that they just come back with a vengeance because they knew what, you know, they were doing. All that smudging, all that all, all that stuff going on that you do to protect your house, it, it like I said, is a Band-Aid. It, and it wears off, whatever they do. I mean, uh, the ministry that came in, you know, all the water and stuff like that. But once once that energy from the sage and the holy water and the oils and the salt go away, they're coming back. They're coming back for vengeance, you know. And um, it, I, I've seen it happen to many people, you know where they put the salt around their house and on their windowsills and, and smudge, you know. Um, personally, me, I tell people not to smudge, not to put holy water on there, anything like that. It's like they're, they're just going to come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to come back. So I can understand why that spirit in your house when all that energy left, uh, you know, the protection left, I can understand why that spirit was going crazy. You know what I mean? Going nuts on. But um, all I know is that I'm just happy that you're safe and Jolie is safe and your kids are safe. All right. Everybody out there, honest to God, do not mess with the paranormal or something that you do not understand because if you listen to uh, Phil's story tonight and the first time he was back on and the last show, um, stuff happens like that. And you really, really seriously need to know what the hell's going on. Don't listen to the movies. Don't listen to the TV shows. Okay. Do your own research. Find out what could work for you or what, it, even if you have to call on somebody to do an exorcism on your house, do it, you know, um, whatever makes you feel comfortable, but please don't ever go and do it yourself and by yourself because you will get burned. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I had to say that. Phil. Of know? course. I definitely agree with you on that. And we've had seasoned paranormal investigators here. You know, some of the first people were like the Eastern Paranormal Society. Um, Melissa Leeper, Jeff Leeper, Scott Gerhardt, Sean Austin, Ralph Sarchi. Um, there's been so many different people. And then I would talk once a week with Bill Bean um, and, and, and getting different perspectives on this case and what we're dealing with. And then I spoke to Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who felt like, uh, this is years ago, she felt like we were dealing with the gin. And then right. she, back in 2014, she contacted Lorraine Warren, which you heard about this case. 
Lorraine says, don't get involved with that case. It's bad. Um, there's something really bad with that house. But Lorraine was never here. And and Rosemary made plans, but it never fell through. It knows, you know, um, it knows how to stop you. Right. Now, when Ralph Sarchi came here from the TV show, The Demon Files, uh, first, I was intrigued by his movie that came out. The movie that was based on his story was, I thought, excellent. And he came here, and he was trained by the Warrens. Right. Well, what happened was, I'm sorry? What? Um, what happened was, I was being taken over by that spirit. And the spirit, I was going into this shaking. There was like six of us in the basement. And he was asking me to tell what was going on here, you know. And in my mind, the spirit's telling me there's a cross in his bag. There's a cross in his bag. Get it out of the house. Well, I didn't see him put a cross in his bag when he entered the home. Mm-hmm. Well, when I told him that, there was a cross in his bag. There was a very big cross in his bag. Wow. And the spirit wanted it out of here. Wow. These things, and he, I remember him telling me that he couldn't even get here because his GPS kept messing up. They will stop you, they will cause problems for you, and they will make sure that they're not removed. And that's a fact. That is a fact. Wow. Through my experience, I have not met anyone with a magic wand to say spirits be gone and it's over because that's all hocus pocus. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to live at bay until you actually move. Uh, because there's only so many things you could do as a person or teams can do. We've had priests here from the Catholic Church. Now, if you ask me what happened with the priest, absolutely nothing. Not right. a blink of a bulb, not a toy going off. But ask me what happened three hours later, the shadows will come back, the right. bulbs will blink, and they feel the negative presence in the home where the family would start fighting. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, well, if you want to play that game, we're not here when they're here, but we're here when they're not here. Now let's go. Exactly, brother. Exactly. Hey, listen, we got a couple more minutes, Phil. Uh, is there any last words you want to say to all the people who are listening uh, to the show worldwide and in the chat room? If you get into paranormal and investigating, be careful. Um, it's good to learn how to do it but be careful and never ever provoke because i can promise you that evil spirits however we label them do exist and they can retaliate mm-hmm. um, and having said that always go for the better of things and investigating not the darker end of things even though we're interested and intrigued by it like myself i was you never know what door you're going to open that you can't shut right now, real quick, good night, Virginia. Cindy has a question for you. Is Bill Bean still in touch with you guys? I haven't spoke to Bill Bean in about a year or two. Um, he did give me his advice. And, and what, this was crazy that one thing that did happen, he wasn't at the home, but he would speak to me on the phone and say prayers. Back in 2014, well, when he said prayers, when I was first introduced to him, all these papers in my office went up in the air, sort of flying around. That's crazy. 
<laughs> and I told him, and he says, he says to me, this thing is trying to stop us. Wow. That's craziness. I, um, how can people get a hold of you, Phil? Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. You can find some of the evidence from the teams if you type in the Horsefly Chronicles on YouTube or Google, uh, like Brian Cano was here, um, who was part of Johnny's office. Um, John wasn't here, but Brian was here, very scientific, and he felt like the house is on a big portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had National Ghost Hunting Day here, and if you want to know what happened, that's a whole other, it's a whole article written, pages long of what happened at this house of um, 2017 National Ghost Hunting Day with Brian Cano. It, it was crazy. Um, wow. there's a whole article on that. So be careful what you tamper with, you know, the family cabin, the life of Philip Syracuse is on Barnes and Nobles. It has the obituaries of everything, the Rose family, my name, my wife's name. It has the pictures of all these people. It has the stones. It has the homes these people used to live in and how every single thing that was documented by investigators. Wow. Hey, listen, Phil, thank you for being on tonight. This was a fast hour. Um, maybe down the road we can have you back on. I'd love to have you back on and just shoot the crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> just talk. You know, don't have to be about your house or anything like that, but just sit and have a conversation. Okay. Uh, thank you again for being on. Uh, everybody, remember, I have a show on Sunday nights from 8 to 9 on UPRN Talk Radio. Um, and also, of course, you all know about Tuesdays. Uh, children, if you can, please, please, please go to your ch- go to your parents and tell them that you love them. And parents, parents, please tell your children, give them a hug and tell them that you love them. And if you don't have no parents or have no children, find somebody to say, I love you. Because those three words, I love you, go a long way. So I want to thank everybody who watched the show. Thank you for all the chat in in the chat room. And I will definitely see you next next Sunday night. Good night, everybody.